0: Well, children are dismissed back to Praise Factory, and uh, it is, it's, it's my honor to introduce to you uh, my friends, uh, Kevin and Margie Bishop. They serve with a ministry called Reaching and Teaching in Ecuador. Uh, I was able to, uh, to, to travel in January, thanks to uh, the, the church, and to go and to partner with them and to be involved in, in their work on the field in, in Ecuador. Um, Sometimes when you introduce people, you can make exaggerations uh, about them and talk about how wonderful and how excellent and how amazing they are. Um, that's that's difficult in this case. Um, when I met Kevin in 2003 and then Margie, I believe, in 2004, I was impressed with them and their character. Just then, as new believers or, or as uh, As youth group volunteers in the ministry that I was working in, they were that rare breed of Christian who continually put into practice the new things that they were learning. Uh, Kevin came to Christ later in life, and uh, as he learned, he followed. And so uh, the call to ministry was clear, and he just kept on walking in steps of obedience and eventually winding up on the mission field. He's going to tell you some more about that in a moment. But what comes to mind when Paul is dealing with the trouble in the church at Philippi, he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Uh, It is unfortunately rare to meet believers who say, whatever Jesus requires of me, I will surrender it and go. Uh, And that's not to put awkward pressure on you right now or make you feel guilty or anything like that. That's That's not the point. Uh, the point is, uh, as I introduce my, my brother and sister in Christ to you, I want you to know these are, these are folks who, over the years, have just cared and loved and shared and, and done what Jesus required of them, uh, not just two people who I don't know kind of walked off the street and, uh, and asked for an opportunity to address the congregation. Uh, they are gold, uh, truly, truly amazing and truly encouraging the work that they're doing. Uh, so uh, Kevin, would you come and, uh, and, and pray and then share with us? OK.
1: <laughs> well, good morning. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here with you guys this morning to share uh, with you. I'm checking right now. Yeah, it says it's on. Uh, can you guys hear me? Okay, cool. Yeah, to share with you what it is, uh, what we're doing, but also this morning, and I think more importantly, to preach to you from God's word uh, this morning. Uh, let's pray, and, and then we'll jump right right into the passage this morning, or the passages that we have for you this morning. Father Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given to us, Lord, that we can hear your word, that we can study your word, Lord, Father, and Lord, that we can put, Lord, the things that we have heard and that we have learned into practice, Lord. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins, Lord, the times, Lord, that uh, for our failures uh, through our sin, Lord, Father. Father, we pray, Lord, that in this time, Lord, that we're together, Lord, help us to understand your word and to and to teach to preach for us to understand and to put into practice lord Uh, your word into our lives lord every single day father we pray lord Uh, for this opportunity lord this this place lord that we live in in the united states lord that we have the freedom uh, to hear your word anytime we want Father, we just ask Lord that we not take these things, Lord, for granted. And Father, I just pray that you would uh, be with me this morning, Lord, as 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 I preach your word, Lord, and Lord that you would speak, Lord, uh, through me to your people here this morning. Father, I just thank you, and I ask this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this morning, um, what I would like to do with you guys is to share with you guys seven things. That we have learned as missionaries uh, in, and, um, and through the process of being missionaries. And these seven things that we will see even in scripture as well that you guys can put into practice in your daily lives and in the life of the church. A lot of times when we think of missionaries or when you guys, you know, because you guys, most of you guys have never met Margie and I. Uh, when you guys hear the word missionary, a lot of times there's a disconnect between the life of a missionary, what the life of a missionary experiences day to day in the field, whatever country it is, and in this case for us in Ecuador, and to what you guys go through and live a, on a day to day basis here in Salisbury, Maryland. But the truth and the fact is, is that there is a connection. There is a way of what we do as missionaries, it relates even as well to what you do here in Salisbury. And we would just like to share with you this morning, or I'd like to share with you this morning, seven things when it comes to, um, to living the life of a believer here in Salisbury, things that we have learned. So this morning, the title of the message is Stepping Up and Stepping Out. For every one of us, when we really think about the life of a believer, it is one where we are constantly challenged by God to step up and to step out. Even when you became a believer for the very first time, you were stepping out of darkness and into the light. So this, so these things that we have learned as missionaries and we continue to learn as missionaries, um, I think it's important and I think even as well as, uh, it's, it's not only important for us as missionaries, but also it's something that is important for you and that you can put into practice in your daily lives here, in the context of your local church, and in your personal lives every day. So the first thing that I have here is, do you have a vision? Do you have a vision? And a lot of times when we, just in even normal everyday life for us, um having a vision, knowing what you know being in high school and knowing what we want to do with our lives in the future uh, all all these are, are are things that we we live with that we deal with on a constant basis um, what are we going to do with ourselves and 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 even in the life of the church as well to each and every specific individual member of the body of Christ, this is a question in a sense that we need to be asking ourselves. Do we have a vision? When we are called to Jesus Christ and when, Jesus, and when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior, I know for me personally, the question that popped up in my mind as a young believer Maturing in Christ is God. What is your will for me? What is your plan for me? Where do I fit in? What are you calling me to do? And I hope that this is a question that you know that you guys, um, for the ones who are still searching, that this is a question that you guys are still asking yourselves. And for the ones of you who aren't asking this question, hopefully it is because you already know where you fit in the body of Christ and that you're actually walking through the process of doing this. Here in this church, one of the things that I noticed uh, yesterday because Hank, Hank is not here right now, but Hank, he gave me one of the welcome packets um, as you know, I was here with Pastor Keith and on the church's business card, it actually says right here, we exist to know Jesus Christ and to make him known. And if this is our call this morning, and we even would see from scripture as well, to one passage um, that I really like is, is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 till the point that we get to verse 10, we see here that you know, that, that we're sinners by nature, we're dead in our sins, but we see that and we're dead in our trespasses and in our sins, and yet we're called out, God, we're saved by grace. And then it says, In verse 10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand in advance for us to do. So God has prepared good works for you. God has prepared good works for me to do as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, for us to do for him, because we are created for, we're created in His image. We're we're created. Um, we're created to be as you know His workmanship for us, and this is something that is really important as we think about our vision, as we think about what. God has individually for each and every one of us to do. One important thing for us to remember is because we're saved and who we are right now, even before the point in time that we even thought about being a believer, even before the creation of time, God had already selected you to be one of his own, and God had already even prepared good works for you to do in advance. A lot of times we think, and even myself and even my wife, you know, when we got the first, when we actually got the call to be missionaries back in 2011, we never ever thought being a missionary was on our radar, because we thought, who are we? You know, we're just two average, normal people. You know, we're not like dynamic, you know, you know, as as like other missionaries. And you know, I'm from the islands, and you know just having this island accent, you know, and, and like all this different kind of stuff, you know. I never thought that this was something that God had called me to do. And maybe sometimes for you guys as well, you guys may be thinking some of these things as well too. It's like, you know, am I good enough to be used by my local church? I don't have certain gifts. I don't have, I, I, I can't preach. I can't teach. I don't have, I, I don't, you know, standing in front of a group and, and sharing, it's like... It's so scary, you know, like having all these things inside of us, all these worries, all these doubts, all these fears. These thoughts of I am not good enough. But yet we see here from Scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. So as part of the vision, as an individual, each and every one of us, we really should have a vision. If the vision of this church is to exist, to know Jesus Christ, and to make him known, and if you say, this is my vision as well, then this is something that we really should be putting into practice in our lives. Studying God's word, spending time praying, Spending time living for him and making him known to others as well, too. It's something that, in a sense, we need, each and every one of us, need to take ownership of. And it doesn't matter in what context it is. You know, God called Margie and I to be in Ecuador. You guys are here, in a sense, because God has called you guys to be here and to live this out in your daily life. And as part of the church, we even know that in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, here that we have the call of the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. So even as part of the local church, and for each and every one of you guys, and it's even in your your mission statement or in your vision statement as well, too. It's important to have a vision to know what it is that God has called each and every one of us to do, and to go out and to seek it. So first, to have a vision. The second thing that Margie and I learned throughout the years of being a missionary is learning to really trust God. All the times, and we sang the song, I Surrender All, and uh, it was in 2011 that Margie and I received the call to be missionaries, but it was in 2016 when we left for the field. So for five years, we went through this process of trying to raise support, uh, trying to encourage people, uh, and, and, and doing all these different steps. And it was in those five years, after like year two, I was like, God, is this what you're really calling us to do? Because, you know, we really want to go, we're really excited, but why are we still here? Why, aren't, why haven't we left yet? And it was in, through that process, I began to see and learn, and by the end, or by year five, I realized that I say, yeah, I trust God, but really in my actions, I wasn't really trusting in him. And it was when I came to that realization that I really need to put my faith and my trust in him to live for him in this next step in our journey as believers is when God really opened up the door for Margie and I in order for us to go. Because life on the field, I would lie to you not. I mean, a lot of times as missionaries, you know, when you get that initial call or, you know, for you guys as well, you know, when you really discover, oh my gosh, this is what God is calling me to do. There's that excitement that's there and you guys are like on fire and you guys can't wait and you just can't wait to step out and you're so excited. But as you go through the daily life and the daily grind, as you so call it, of living out this faith and doing what God calls you to do, you realize that you can't do it in your own strength to wake up every morning and to deal with life, as Nancy said yesterday, you know, talking about her kids, uh, life in general, the days are long, but the years are short. You know, just those long days of, of, of going through life and doing what God is calling you to do, it is really, really difficult. And learning to trust God is, is, is something that Margie and I really, really learned to do. And one of the things um, that really, I think, helped me in this entire process and, and, and what I would like to share with you guys as well. Every time, I mean, most of you guys know, uh, know verses Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 by heart. And I did too. I said it so many times and it was like, yeah, okay, cool. But one of the things that really caught my attention. Uh, through the years of planning to go to Ecuador, was verse 20, but I'll read verses 19 through 20. It says, therefore, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And here's the part that really got my attention. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And here it is in the context we know, yes, we know that Jesus Christ is with us all the time. We know this. But here, even in the context of the Great Commission, Jesus assures us that he is with us as we do his will. Many times we feel afraid. Many times we're like, mm, I'm not too sure about going, whether it be to Zambia, uh, people coming to Ecuador. These are things that we hear all the time, um, even in our home church. But here we see Jesus says that he will be with us. In times when God has placed in your heart uh, to share the gospel with someone, And we feel that fear, and as missionaries, I lie to you not, I feel that fear as well, too. When this verse comes to mind, or the second part of verse 20 comes to mind, knowing that I'm not there alone, that Christ is with me, is is one that gives me the strength, my wife and I, the strength and the courage to do this work. And for you guys as well, I think it's something that is important for you guys to know as well. As you guys are stepping out in faith, as you guys are fulfilling the vision, fulfilling what God has placed on your lives to do in the body of Christ, knowing that Jesus Christ is with you as you do it is something uh, uh, that just learning to trust in him. So when Jesus Christ says that I will be with you, he really, from... Margie and I, as, as, as an example, he really is with us. And he will be with you as well as you do this. So do you have a vision, learning to really trust God? A third thing that we have learned is what is my attitude when I face trials? What is my attitude when I face trials? And in life, just in everyday life, we face trials. But even in the life of a believer and walking the way that we're supposed to walk, walking on that narrow road, it's hard. We face trials, some of us, on a daily basis. And how do, we, how do we react? What should our attitude really be when we face trials? Should we be like, okay, we're done, we're packing up, we're leaving this life behind, uh, this Christian life behind, and going back to living in the world? Or or, or should our attitude be one of anger, you know, being angry at God? You know, all of these different emotions uh, we feel. You know, should I even get out of bed (laughs) this morning? You know, all all these are different emotions that we feel as we live uh, this Christian life. And one of the things that Margie and I have learned to do and that we even see uh, the Apostle Paul uh, doing as well in his letter to the Philippians In Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14 and verse 18, uh, we see this. Paul says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And here Paul, he's in prison at this time. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and, fear- and fearlessly. And verse 18, the important thing, but, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And it's important for us as we go through and we walk this Christian life, we're following what God is calling us to do, following that vision in where we fit in, in the body of Christ, knowing our vision, trusting in Christ when we hit those times in our lives where we are hitting trials, seeing, and again, in, in at least for me up north in New Jersey, is like we always focus on the negative, always focus on what's going wrong. Learning to rejoice, even in trials, in difficulties, is is one of the things is one of the things that personally too I had to learn. In Ecuador it's 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 you know, learning a new language is difficult and there are days that you're doing well and you're like yes and then the next day is like what happened <laughs> and not even being able to speak it's it's, it's just learning to uh, having joy so do you have a vision do you trust in Christ also what do you do when um, when you face trials, what type of attitude should we have? Another is being flexible. And this one is really, I think, a hard one for a lot of us. Because a lot of times when we think about being flexible, it's, it's like we're so, in a sense, stuck in a certain way, living a certain way, or thinking a certain way, that sometimes to think outside the box or to do things differently, is sometimes it's really, really difficult for us. But when we look at God's word, and I think um, we could see this as well too, and, and and just even in you living out God's call for your life, in fulfilling the vision, in knowing Jesus Christ and making Him known, it's important for us to be flexible, because what may work in one area of Salisbury may not necessarily work in the next area of Salisbury. The friends that you talk to, the way that you approach and share the gospel with that person may work with one person, but may not necessarily the exact same way that you may say it, may not work with the next person. So it's important for us to be flexible. One of the passages that um, we could see this, even with the life of the Apostle Paul as well, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 through 23. And it says, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jew, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. And to those under the law, I became like one under the law, that though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law, so as to win those having, not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. That we see Paul is not literally saying that if God has placed in your heart for you to, to have a ministry to the homeless, that you should become a homeless person. He's not saying that even for you to pretend, Paul is not saying, I'm not pretending to be uh, weak. What Paul is saying here is that they are having this ability and this heart, this, this flexibility of mind, this flexibility of you know, personality to be able to come alongside that person and to walk with them to, in order to win them, in order to reach them. For Margie and I personally, or for me personally, I had one of the things I have to do is I have to learn Spanish. I have to learn, or Margie and I have to learn, to eat the type of stuff that Ecuadorians eat. Eating guinea pigs. If you guys have a pet guinea pig at home, it is not safe with us anymore. <laughs> okay? It's not safe. <laughs> the first time that I saw a guinea pig, I was like, oh, you're so cute, I just want to eat you. And then I did. <laughs> and then I did. <laughs> so, learning to be those things. And yes, there are situations that it's going to be hard for us to be flexible. And again, knowing our vision, trusting in Christ, learning to be flexible, knowing the type of attitudes that we have when, uh, when we face trials, we're able to be flexible as well. And in your call, whom you call to serve, uh, to, in making him known, for knowing Christ and making him known, being flexible is very important in order for you to continue to grow and to be, uh, to do the things that God has calling, is calling you to do. Another important thing is building relationships. Building relationships. This picture back here um, is with one of the pastors or well, one of the pastors and one of the church leaders that we work with. Uh, quite frankly, on a daily basis is Pastor Napoleon, who's sitting on the couch next to me, his entire family. And um, in Ecuador, churches are run a little bit differently. They have um, a church president, a vice president. So, so that's just part of how the structure is in Ecuador. And so that's Edison, who's standing there. He's the church president of one of the churches, the uh, Kichwa church, churches, because we work with three, typically three different uh, peoples group people groups the Quechua uh, uh, Indians in Otavalo, uh the Quechua low-lying Indians along the coast, and also the Afro-Ecuadorians. But the Quechua people group in Otavalo, even though they're accustomed seeing foreigners because uh, Otavalo, the town of Otavalo, has the largest outdoor market in the whole of South America. So they're used to seeing foreigners every day, interacting with them, but the reality is that they are extremely closed. Getting into a Kichiro home to have dinner, even though you may know someone, is very, they don't usually do that at all. But the job that we have, especially working with this particular people group, is in training them, building relationships, we're seeing is something that's key, something that's important, something that we have to do and, 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 for you guys as well, as you think about the ministry that you're called to do, we're in the business, in a sense, of ministering to people. And in order to minister to people, we have to spend the time to build relationships with them. We have, uh, you know, this day and age, we have our cell phones, we have. Uh, Facebook, and we spend a lot of time on Facebook and we, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all these different types of apps or social media, but, and we call it social media, but really building relationships, it takes time sitting down with people, spending with them, even think of the time of the way how you came to know Christ, or even your walk with Christ maybe right now, or sometime in the past as you were maturing in Christ. It was somebody, I'm sure, who came alongside of you, who took you by the elbow, and was walking and living life with you. One of the major reasons why who I am today, as a believer, is because of your pastor and his wife. When, as I was going through difficult times, as Margie was going through difficult times, they were open and we were able to go visit them in their homes, uh, spend time with them, share with them, and have them share God's word with us and and in a way that we were able to put it into practice in our everyday lives. Even though Keith and Nancy, Pastor Keith and Nancy, that they're here in Salisbury, and you guys have been here, like, what, almost 11 years, we still have this relationship with them. Building relationships is important. Even when we look at God's word in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says the word became flesh, meaning Jesus Christ, and he dwelt among us. Relationships. God wants to be even in a personal relationship with you. We even see that as we're commanded, we're commanded to love one another, as Christ has loved you. And the only way for us to really do these things is by building relationships with one another. And yes, building relationships are hard because we have different personalities and all these different things. But building if to really be successful at what God is calling you guys to do as a church, as individuals, building relationships with the people that you're called to serve is very important. Maybe folks at work, that might be your mission field. Your classmates at school, maybe that might be your mission field. Building a relationship with them opens up the door for you to uh, for you to really uh, be effective that we're seeing. So you're called to have a vision, learn to really trust in God, What is our attitude when we face trials? Being flexible, building relationships. We have two more here. Building momentum is another thing. Sometimes, maybe, depending on what you're called to do, this may not relate really well, but for Margie and I, uh, uh, learning to build momentum in this ministry is something that we're called to do and that we have to do, and even you guys as as a church have to do as well. You know, you guys are tearing down that, you know, house thingy that you guys have back there, uh, and probably that's what you guys think it is too, the house thingy, but you know, you guys have to tear that down, and you, know, you guys are thinking, okay, what's the next thing that we have to do, and you, know, you guys are like, yes, let's do it, and you guys are moving ahead, you know, we have a team, as what Pastor Keith said, that's going to Zambia, and you guys are preparing for that, and like, all these different things, and you guys are building momentum, and you know, having a vision, moving in a specific direction, and all these things are very important, and for margin, it's the same thing too. And we even see this as well in Scripture, that um, in John chapter 1 verses uh, 43 through 47, and this is just I mean, this is probably very small and very simple here. But even here even in these verses, we see this kind of building momentum happening as well, too in John chapter one verses forty three through forty seven so it says the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee finding Philip he said to him follow me and Philip like Andrew and Peter was from his own town in Bethsaida. Philip found Andrew and told him we have found uh, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph um, Nazareth, Nazareth. Can, can anything good come from there? Daniel asked, and Philip said, "Come and see." So we see here that this, this calling, this like, hey, come alongside us, come here, come, come, be involved, building. We see this, this momentum being built, where, where we see this momentum being built, where Philip was called by Andrew and by Peter to come and to be involved here. This building of momentum. Something, again, another thing that Margie and I have learned in order to step up and to step out, building momentum. And one of the reasons why Margie and I are here this morning in our ministry and what have God, God has called us to do is to encourage you guys in way for us to build momentum, is to encourage you guys to be involved in this ministry. Uh, as you guys think are thinking and, and, and pursuing making knowing Christ and making him known, to present to you guys the option of Ecuador, of knowing him by being in Ecuador on a short-term mission trip and by making him known to others as well. Calling others to work alongside us as well. And the same thing for you guys as you guys live and work and minister here in Salisbury and and just building that momentum with yourselves, encouraging one another. uh, It's it's something that, you know, it's hard to do, but it's something that's really important, building momentum. It's really, really a blessing. And the last thing um, is knowing your spiritual gifts and using it appropriately. And I like uh, Mr. Potato Head, I uh, think he's cool uh, <laughs> because he can do a lot of cool stuff with him. And, and, but like, you know, for each and every one of us, you know, like um, how I started is that, you know, a lot of us were, you know, that's a question that I had when I became a believer. Lord, I want to be used, where do I fit in? You know, how, how the way that you have gifted me, how do I fit in into what you're calling me to do? in the body of Christ. And for each and every one of us, that's something that we have to do because when we really think about it, in the life of a church, if we, and Paul even talks about this in Corinthians, he, he uses uh, a human body as an illustration. And, you know, for Mr. Potato Head, you know, hey, it's a good example too because I think all of us can, you know, probably play with him as a kid. Um, I didn't, so I was a little bit deprived, but oh well. But, uh, <coughs> but Thinking about it, it's like, you know, we have to put the eyes where the eyes go and, 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 and putting it, and you can switch to the next slide, and, you know, <clears throat> putting it in the correct places. And one of the things that we do, and we love to play with Mr. Potato Head, is putting the body parts in places that it shouldn't really go. And it just looks funny, it's awkward, you know, it can't really get the job done, you know, if, he were, if Mr. Potato Head was a real person, you know, having, you know, the body set up like the one, the image on the, on, on the left. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really not like that. The Holy Spirit has given us spiritual gifts, each and every individual. As God has poured his Holy Spirit into you, when you have come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, he also deposited in you spiritual gifts to do the work, to build up the kingdom, and to live and to do those things. And what I'm gonna say next, hopefully doesn't rub you the wrong way, and that's not my intent. The stats go that in churches, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. So if you take that stat, and then you take the image of a human body, or you take the image of Mr. Potato Head. When you only have, imagine a human being and only having 20% of his body. How functional this human being really is. Yet in the life of the church, and I'm not just saying, you know, I don't know how you guys, you know, what the stat really is here, but if this is the case, That are in most churches, that 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. Just imagine how is this church, is a church in that specific category, is it really being effective? How much more effective it could be if every member of the church was plugged in in the correct place that it's supposed to be and doing what it is God is calling us to do as one body, moving forward, trusting one another, moving forward in the direction that God is calling us to do. How much more, you know, it looks funny, right? The one in the picture, the image on the left, I mean, the right, you know, you see full body, uh, the way that things are meant to be. So in closing, um, you know, again, these seven things are things that Margie and I have learned in the call of stepping up and stepping out, doing the things that God has placed on our hearts to do, which is to provide training for pastors and church leaders in Ecuador who have no theological training of any kind. And as for you and as you think of what God has placed in your heart, what gifts he has given to you, and for how for you to live out those spiritual gifts in your personal lives, in the life of the church that you call home, which I hope it's here, that you guys think about these things, and that you guys put it into Practice. Do you have a vision? And I think the answer is yes. To know Him and to make Him known. Uh, Knowing that. Learning to really trust God as you're going through all these different situations. Really learning to trust in Him. Learning about having the correct attitude when we face trials. Learning to be flexible building relationships, building momentum, and knowing and using our spiritual gifts in an appropriate way. It's, it's by God's grace and God's glory, you guys can do amazing things, and you mm-hmm. guys are doing amazing things. And I just want to leave this word of encouragement to you Uh, from our lives as missionaries and and God willing, we will continue to be on the field even more and more time and and, and hopefully in some years come back and share some some other great things that God is doing in our lives and and to share it in a way that you guys can put it into practice in your life here in Salisbury, Maryland. Because the truth and the fact is, Margie and I, we're nothing special. (laughs) You know? But God has Just being willing to be used for him. Something that each and every one of us can do. And learning to trust him and stretching your faith may feel uncomfortable, but in the end to be like, wow, God, you know, I really can't wait to meet you. It's just a blessing. And we really can't wait to meet him. Uh, so I'd just like to pray right now and pray for you guys. and, and uh, So will you join me in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we thank you this morning, Lord, for the people who you have assembled this morning at this church, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for them. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have opened up their eyes to the truth that they know your son jesus christ as their lord and as their savior lord father lord we thank you that you have done this for us there's not something that we could have done on our own lord and father lord i just pray lord and i just ask you this morning uh, for each and every person here that lord that you would help them to really understand what you have called them to do, Lord. That despite of the fears that they may face, the challenges, the worries, the doubts, Lord Father, that God, that that you would have them to remember that you said, that your son says, that you will be with them. God, I pray, Lord, and ask you, Lord, that you would have them to find their place, Lord, and to be joyous, Lord, when trials hit, when difficulty comes, Lord, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, that you would help to encourage them to build them up as they build relationships, as they find their place uh, in your body, Lord, Father, and that They would live for you in a way, Lord Father, and and be trusting of one another in such a way, Lord Father, that those on the outside, those in the world, those who do not know you, Lord Father, would look at them, would look at Harvest Baptist Church and the individual members in Salisbury, Maryland, the way how they interact with each other. They would figure out something's different here. This is what real being a Christian is really about, and it will be something that will be attractive to them, and it will be something, Lord, that they would want, Lord Father. And Lord, I pray and I ask you that you would add more and more people who do not know you, Lord Father, as they declare you, as they make you known, Lord Father, to others here in Salisbury And wherever else, Lord, you call them to go. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share, for this opportunity to know you, Lord, and Lord, for my brothers and sisters in Christ here today. And Lord, if there are any people here this morning who do not know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord Father, God, we pray and we ask, Lord, that you would allow them to come into a saving knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ wants to have, God wants to have a relationship with us. But because of our sin, the pathway is blocked. But you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, taking the penalty of sin on himself and opening the door for us to have a relationship with you and father we pray and it doesn't matter you know what we've done in the past that thinking that we may think that we're not worthy you still say to us despite your sin i still love you and i still have prepared a way for you to come And to be a part of my family and to to be called son and to be called daughter. So Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would just lay it on people's hearts this morning who do not know you, who may be here this morning, that they would come to accept you as their Lord and as their Savior. And if this is you this morning, all you need to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart, ask him to forgive you of your sins, and for you to and for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And if you have done this this morning, I encourage you to, to reach out to Pastor Keith or to the elders of this church and, and, and share this with them this morning. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity again, and it's in your son's name we pray.